can you say thank you Holy Spirit? You know, when you, uh, I've gotten up here two times before here in the past, in the, in the close past, and the Lord laid a word on my heart, but when I get up here, it just kind of, yeah, that's, that's a good word, but here's what I want you to speak, you know, and, and part of it got out, part of it didn't get out. So I said, well, Lord, is this Sunday, you know, do you want me to expound on what you have already laid in my heart or, or you know, Holy Spirit, have your way. So can you say thank you for the Holy Spirit? Because I haven't talked to Will or haven't talked to Cornell, I haven't talked to Langston about what I was going to speak about or what the Lord laid on my heart, but these songs that have been played this morning, the words that, that Langston have already spoke is just almost word for word some of the stuff that I've got written down here. And that's just, you know, thank you, Lord, that you speak to me. You know, praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord. But what I was going to talk to you about in uh, the past couple of Sundays was who are we and why are we here? And part of that I'm still going to speak on a little bit, but I just got a few things that the Lord has laid on my heart I just wrote down that I just want to share with you. But I believe that 2019 is going to be a great year. And, you know, we, we've been talking about transition, transition, almost to the fact that where I'm so sick of transition, I don't want to hear about it anymore. You know, transition, transition. But, you know, when graduates, when they get to 12th, to they, when they go to the 12th grade, they graduate high school and they transition either to the workforce or to college or something. But there's a transition that takes place. So transition is not necessarily a bad thing. It's just something that has to take place. And I believe... You know, this might be one of them, these yogiisms that I'm fixing to say to you, but I believe <laughs> that God has brought us to where we're at so he can take us where he wants us to go. You know, we've been so familiar with, uh, in the past, you know, just we've been blessed to walk into a state-of-the-art facility, a big stage, sound equipment, lighting, everything, and, oh, that's good. That's all great. But can you still do what you're called to do without that? Can you still come in and say, Lord, I love you because of who you are, not because of everything around me, not because the air is just right, not because, man, when they, when they hit that chord, they just laid the fog out there on the stage, and it just, you know, can you just come and praise God just for who he is? So what is it that he's brought us to? What is it that he's taking us to? And I believe that it's the Ephesians 3.20, the exceedingly abundantly above all that you can ask or think. That's where he's taking us to. And it's not a place to where you doubt God. It's not a place to where you wonder, but it's, Lord, I know that you can do exceedingly abundantly above all that I can ask or think. And I declare today this body of Christ 
this believer is going to step in what God has, what God has called us to do on a more intentional level. To save the lost, to heal the sick, to feed the hungry, to be a father to the fatherless, to shelter the homeless. Father, whatever it is you've called us to do, Father, that's, that's what we declare that exceedingly abundantly above all that you can ask or think. That's what we declare today. And I also declare next Sunday, I don't know what it's going to look like, but there's going to be some live praise and worship. In the name of Jesus. I just threw that one out there. <laughs> but I am ready to operate in that exceedingly abundantly above all that I can ask or think to where the signs and wonders follow is where we can say, look, we have evidence that what we have been teaching about, what we've been confessing, what we've been professing, what we say God is, who we say God is, look, this, this is the results of it. Give God the glory to the fact that where they say, Lord, just somebody help me lay them down in the shadow that when the shadow passes by, the shadow will heal them. That's, that's in the Bible. And the Bible says God's no respecter of persons. So if, if Peter can do it by the power of the Holy Spirit, we can do it also. Lord, just, just get them close to maybe the shadow will touch them. What, what, a, what a mighty testimony to the Lord. Not to us, but to the Lord. To the boldness like, Tina, how many times have you seen on Facebook or get a text message, I found somebody that needs, I found somebody that needs. She has put herself in a position to be available, and those needs just come out and find her. And she said, okay, body, I found somebody that needs. Here's what I need. Here's what I need. So why, you know, this is what I ask myself. Why, why haven't we been doing that on a more intentional, intentional level? Why don't we make that, when you get up in the morning, to put somebody else on your mind other than yourself? And listen, God, I'm not accusing anybody or criticizing anybody. I'm talking to myself. I'm just wanting us to think as far as a kingdom perspective. So we have to know who we are in order to do this. We have to realize that the length, we have to realize the, the measures that God has taken for us to be who we are in ourselves before we can go and demonstrate it to others. We have to realize what God has done for us on a personal level, on a personal level, not just not just what he's done for the world. We know that, that the Bible says that for God so loved the world, John 3, 16, that he gave his only son. But we know that he done that for the world, but do you know that he did that for you? Do we know that he done it? Walt, do you know that he sent his son for you? We know that he loved the world so much that he sent his son. But in that world, there's a lot of individuals, and I'm one of them. You're one of them. Langston, you're one of them. Miss Cleveland, you're one of them. You are that one individual that if nobody else was on the face of this earth, he would have still done the same thing he did. Do we know this? Do we remember this? Do we remember this to the point to where it's just, he's done so much for me, I, I've just got to give back. 
I've got to. Everything that he's done for me, I can't just keep this to myself. I've got to give it back. Even though he did this for the whole world, he did it for me. Brother Barry, he did it for you. He did it for you. Romans 10, 9 and 10. If you want to turn there, you can. If you don't, that's fine. It says that if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our hearts God raised him from the dead, we will be saved. For with the heart, one believes unto righteousness. And with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. Confession is made unto salvation. Confession is made unto salvation. Now, salvation, I'll let you privy into a little conversation me and Daddy had the other day. And I don't know how it come up, but anytime you get around him, something in the Word is going to come up. It's going to trigger something. That's just the way he is. But, you know, the story about Zacchaeus, he just, he just had to see who Jesus was. He was a short man, so he climbed up in a tree so he could at least see him when he come by. You know, Jesus probably is already knowing this, but when he gets there, he goes, Zacchaeus, what are you doing up there? Come on, I'm going to your house to eat today. So, you know, all the, all the religious people, what is he doing in that man's house? Don't he know who he is? Don't he know who he is? You know, he's a, he's a thief. He's a crook. He's a, he's a mobster, you know. But Jesus, that's, that, that's what we're supposed to do, you know. The, the well people don't need a doctor. So we got to put ourselves in a position. Jesus, Jesus made himself available. So, you know, the story is that Jesus goes. He eats with Zacchaeus. I'm sure he ministered to him, just probably just loved on him. You know, but 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 that that confrontation that Zacchaeus had with Jesus, he said, Lord, he said, everybody that I've wronged, he said, I'm gonna go pay them back four times what I've done for them, what I've what I've wronged them, I'm gonna pay them back four times. And Jesus said, Zacchaeus, today salvation has come to your house. So salvation has a name. He could have said, Zacchaeus, today Jesus has come to your house. But salvation came to his house that day. On a personal level, just one-to-one, salvation, Jesus was in Zacchaeus' house that day. And Zacchaeus had a personal encounter with the Son of God, with his salvation, to the point to where it was just one-on-one, flesh-on-flesh, a personal, a personal encounter of his salvation. And that's what we have to get in our minds, I believe, in order to do to save the lost, in order to, to, to heal the sick, in order to raise the dead. We have got to know who we are, and we've got to know what has been done for us so that we know without a shadow of a doubt that we know that we know that we know that what God's Word says is true, and when I go into perform it, He is able to back me up. On a bold level, not, not bold in ourselves, but bold in Jesus Christ, bold in God, bold in the Son of God. That's what we have to get to the point to, to realize what he has done for us. What he has done for us. 
what he has done for me, what he has done for you. And I'm going to keep repeating this on a personal level. Because if we don't make things personal, it doesn't mean as much to you as if, if it just, you know, out there just for everybody. If you're sitting in a crowd and we say, well, we're going to bless this crowd with such and such and such. But you say, Miss Geneva, I'm going to bless you. Well, that's personal then because you've been called out. You've been individualized. And what God has done, he's done it for the individual. I don't have the relationship with God that you have with him. Michelle, she's got a relationship with God that I don't have. My daddy's got a relationship with a father that I don't have, but I have my relationship with him. And I pray that each day it gets deeper and deeper, and the only way it's going to do that is to make myself available to him because he's already made himself available. He has already made himself available to us. So we have got a lot of work to do, but it's not something that we can't do. It's something that's attainable. It's something that's, that's available to us, and it's something that we are supposed to do because it's been done for us. And so we've heard that all of our life. We've heard that over and over, that, that he died for the whole world. He sent his son for the world. But do you really, really know? Do you just stop and think, Lord, I know that, what you did for the world, but I know that you did it for me too. And Brother Bill Otten last Sunday, you know, he talked about, you know, at, at some of the missed opportunities that have gone by. Well, that's, that's a missed opportunity. You know, you can't, you can't go back and undo that missed opportunity. It's a missed opportunity. But why, why do we miss them? I mean, is, is, it, because we're, is it because we're not bold enough in Christ is because we don't know who we are in Christ. Is, is, do we actually believe what God has done for us? I mean, why, why do we miss them? And it's not a, this is not a put down. I'm just asking questions. Why? What is the reason? And I believe that if we know without a shadow of a doubt that we are who we say we are, and God is who he says he is, then it's going to be just like, you know, when I get up in the morning, most of the time I put my right sock on before I do my left one. I mean, there ain't no, you know, no code that says that's the way it's supposed to do. That's just a routine that I've got in. But just, just as that's routine, it should be, all right, Lord, bring that opportunity to me today and lead me to that opportunity. And, and since I've been just praying about this and studying it, and even before, I, I, I've done it before, but I've, I've just, all right, if you're going to speak about intentional, what are you doing? You can't just get up there and speak it and, and, and try to teach it and try to uh, relay what's on your heart without you doing it too. So I said, Lord, I want to be intentional today. If somebody needs prayer, Lord, let me to be available for that prayer. If they need, if they need salvation, Lord, I want to be available. And I, I done went to two different places, and that was already about 1 o'clock. And, you know, I'm done run, 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 because I got two more places I got to go. And was at another house. The homeowner come up. I was talking to him. You know, we were talking business about the house. And 
He got to talking, well, I won't be here tomorrow. I've got to go to the doctor because, they, you know, I've just not felt right, and they're doing blood work, and one says this and one says that. And, and I said, well, all right, well, I got your wife's number. If I need anything, I'll call you. And I went to get in the truck, and I said, brother, would you mind if I prayed for you? You know what he did? He said, would you? He stuck his hand out. He stuck his hand out. So, you know, there's another guy right over here. He was a painter. You know, and, and uh, I'm standing by my truck, the painter by his truck, and the homeowner's there. And he said, man, would you? And he just reached his hand out and took my hand. So I prayed for him right there. And, uh, you know, when I got through praying, I said, in the name of Jesus, and that painter said, amen. <laughs> so, you know, don't be afraid to be bold. And it's really not being bold. It's just, it's, just, it's just operating from a kingdom perspective is all it is. But to us, because we're maybe not used to it, mm, thank you, Lord, for that boldness. And I'm like, <laughs> you know, Lord, forgive me for that comment because, you know, you, you, you just went up there and laid your life down for me. You were led to, to the slaughter, just like a sheep to a slaughter. Didn't open your mouth, didn't try to, justify anything you just that's boldness to me what i did was said do you mind if i pray for you it didn't cost me anything but that's 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 kingdom that's kingdom mindset and and not that i'm any better than anybody else it's just i am trying and i am going to succeed i just declared that we're all going to succeed and transferring our mind, transforming our mind from what this world says is status quo to what the kingdom of God says is status quo. Start operating. Well, is that in the kingdom? Well, then I'm going to operate it just like it's on, here on earth. If it's in the kingdom, I can have it here on earth. It says, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. There's no sickness in heaven. There's no sadness in heaven. There's no broken hearts in heaven. There's nobody without a home in heaven. There's no hunger in heaven, so if thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And how is it going to be done on earth as it is in heaven? Jesus has done done everything he's going to do, except he's going to stand with us. He says he's sitting at the right hand of the Father interceding for us right now. We know that, but he has already accomplished everything that there is to accomplish for us. And we have to just walk in it. You just have to turn around and walk back in it over here. You turn around and walk back in it over here. Every time you get out of the door, walk back in it over here. We've got to walk in it. And it's got to be in here first. We've got to get it right here. We've got to think on it, think on it, think on it. And after you think on it and think on it and think on it, it's going to be in your heart. I said I was never going to get married. Never. Didn't want to. You know, I I just, nothing against marriage. I just, I'm going to do what I want to do when I want to do it. But I said, if I ever do get married, I'll marry Michelle Weeks. I said, I'll marry Michelle Weeks if I ever do get married. Me and I can remember it just as plain as day right now. I was, I was Me and one of my buddies went out and I went, Spent the night at his house. And, you ever think you're going to get married? I said, man, no, I ain't getting married. 
I said, why, are you? He said, yeah, I'd like to have a wife and kids, and I'd like to have some family one day. I said, not me. I said, when I get ready to go, I'm going to go. When I get ready to stay, I'm going to stay. If I, whatever, I, I'm going to do what I want to do. I said, but if I ever did get married, it would be Michelle Weeks. And I just, from then on, I just got to thinking about that. You know, she, would, she, is, a, she is a nice girl. She's pretty. She's just as sweet as cotton candy. She ain't, she ain't never got a mean word to say about anybody. She always sees the good in everybody. I said, yeah, that, that's going to be my wife. <laughs> and the more I got to thinking about that, the more I got, I said, that, that's, that's going to be my wife. You know, and I, I dated girls, you know, from time to time. She, she'd been dating a guy, and, that, and that's, what, that's what my buddy said. Well, she's dating so-and-so. I said, well, I don't care. I said, if I get married, I'm going to marry her. And so, you know, that was about two years from the time that we actually got married. And I would just think on that from time to time. And I would think on that from time to time. And then I would think on that from time to time until it got down in my heart to where, you know, I don't know how I'm going to get married, but whenever I do, I'm going to marry her. You know, whether it be now, whether it be 20 years from now, she's going to be the one I marry. So... I don't know how I got off on that, but we've got to change our train of thought. We've got to change. We don't conform ourselves to this world, not anything to this world. We conform ourselves to the kingdom, and the kingdom says it is written. Not, well, do what feels good or, or do whatever you think's right. No, it's, it's cut and dried. He says we can have what we can have. He says don't do this or this. If you do this, then this will come upon you. I mean, it's, it's, it's in the Word. So we need to know who we are. We need to know what he's done for us. We need to know the length that he has went for us, the measures that he has went for us. So great that I sit there and think, Lord, how, how could you offer up your only son Knowing, knowing that he was going to raise him from the dead. Knowing that. Knowing that he was going to raise him from the dead. But he offered up his son and seen him go through what he went through. I've, I've got two sons. Now, I could, I, could, I could give my life for any of you. Wouldn't have a minute's trouble about that. Now, right now, I, I promise you, I would give my life for any of you out here. But to say, here, take Will. Mm. What measures did he go to? Here, take Ryan. Ryan might be more suited because he's my firstborn. Take him. You know, I I, I gladly give him for, for just 20 of y'all. I, I just, Jesus, Jesus, how? How? Well, for God so loved. And he done what he did so that we would never have to be apart from his love. And I mean, I, I, just, I just still, so, so I know this, Lord, why do I miss these opportunities? Why, if you've done this for me, why do I get so caught up in, in what I think is important and I miss this opportunity? You know, there's a lot of times 
that us right here, the 25 or 30, however many there is sitting here, we're going to be the only Jesus that some people ever encounter. We're going to be the only, only reference, the only fragrance, the only vision of Jesus that they ever see. So what, what is it going to look like when that encounter comes to pass? What is it going to look Are we going to make ourselves available? And we've all missed it. We've all missed it. Lord, I know I've missed it. And I say, God, forgive me. Help me to be more available and more sensitive to your spirit. But I believe that if we just get down in our hearts what he has done on an individual level, not just for the world, but what he has done for the individual level, that it will help us and be just, you know, I, I, my daddy, I know the sacrifices that he's made for us kids. And there's, I know, I know some of the sacrifices that he's made. Some of the things that he's done without. Because maybe not to the fact that, that he wanted to, but it was either us or him, so it wasn't even a, it didn't even come into question. I don't need this. My kids that I love, that, that the Lord's trusted me in, they need this more than I need this, so this ain't even a question over here. I'm going to give them what they need. And it's just, a, just I wrote, me and, me and Michelle this year for Christmas, we, we didn't get one another that much because we, we done other things with it. You know, other people, we, 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 the Lord laid it on our heart to, to bless. There really wasn't much that we needed. There were some things that we wanted. But I said, Michelle, I said, if it's okay with you, I said, the money that we were going to spend on one another, I said, let's just spend it on people that don't have it. I said, I, I, let's just cook a lot of food. Let's all the family be together. But let's just, if it's okay with you, let's just take what we were going to spend on one another and help somebody else. Give it to some that, 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 that may be less fortunate. And you know, some of them that I give money to, they may not have needed it, but they may have known somebody that needed it. So it's, it's not anything you do unto the Lord is not in vain. So we did, but, you know, I knew. I got Haley to get her a watch. Haley said she knew a watch that she liked. I said, okay, well, she said, well, I thought you and Mama said y'all wasn't getting anybody. Y'all wasn't getting one another anything. I said, I ain't going into that game empty-handed. I said, now, I know that's what we said. <laughs> I said, but I know. So I'm just going to have a backup plan here, you know. I'm just going to have a backup plan here just in case. And if she pulls something out for me, then I'm going <laughs> to... <laughs> so anyway, and I'll just I'll I'll quit rattling. But anyway, I just want to tell you just just you know the kind of person that she is. We I wrote her a letter, and and in that letter I just writing just some of the things that from the very first time that I met her, you know up until up until now, and even some of the stuff that we went through our marriage, you know, and. Good times and bad times. And I wrote in there one time, and, and you know, it, it, even, it even pains me to even speak about it. But 
just the kind of person she is, the, the you know, my family comes first, I, you know, just unsacrificing, just, just, just whatever, whatever she had to do. And they had one time I'd come in from work and kids were already up there. She done had supper cooked and, every, you know, was up there eating. And she had my plate fixed and I sat down to eat. And uh, I said, well, you going to come on and eat with us? She said, no, nah, I got these clothes in here. I'm still washing and drying. I want to get these clothes washed and everything first, you know. And I uh, don't want to get the wrinkle, you know, wanna, don't want them to wrinkle when they get out of there. I want to I get this done, and then I'll sit down, you know. So I said, well, all right. So I get up, and I said, well, man, that was good. So I was going to go back for seconds. So I went back for seconds, and they, they wasn't nothing. There wasn't nothing left to eat. But she did not eat because she had other things to do. She did not eat because she made sure that her husband and her kids had something to eat. Before, before she sat down and eat. And that made me so sick to my stomach when I, I, I didn't even go in there and talk to her about it. Well, when I went in there, I seen it wasn't nothing. I said, I know why she didn't eat. Because she done cooked everything we had and she made sure that we had something to eat. And that, as given of a heart as that is, and as, as much as... as that blessed us, and as a sacrifice as that was for her, it doesn't even compare to what Jesus has done for us and what the Heavenly Father has done for us. But that, what she showed was the heart of the Father. Just, I'll give, I'll give my time, I'll give my food so my family can eat. That's, that's I mean... She didn't get that attitude from the devil. That come from the Father. That come from the Father. And it, you know, even when I was writing it, and it just, I thought, Lord Jesus, I thank you that we ain't there no more. You know, I thank you that we ain't there no more. But anyway, if you will, um, Turn to 1 Corinthians 6 and 23 for just a minute. You know, one of the other things that Bill Otten said that, you know, kind of stuck with me, and, and, and we all know it, but it helps to be reminded. He said that even on your worst day, even, even when you make the biggest boo-boos, even when you screw up the most that, that God, it hadn't changed God's love for you. He still loves us just as much if you, if you hit everything perfect that day or if you just bomb out that day. It does not determine his love for us. He has already showed and proved his love for us on the cross once and for all, forever and ever and ever. It has been proven on the cross. It's, it's forever and ever. And God, he, he, Satan had to be defeated. But he could have sent the first or the second or the third strongest angel in heaven to defeat Satan. It's, defeating Satan was not the issue. It was there had to be a sacrifice made for our sins. And there was nobody that can do that but a pure, spotless lamb 
son of God and son of man, because man is the one that lets sin enter. So the son of God, being the son of man, he had the one to take care of the sacrifice for the sin that, God, that, that man let enter the earth. Does anybody have 1 Corinthians yet? Is anybody there? 1 Corinthians 6, 20, let's see. Go to 1 Corinthians 7, 23. Is everybody there? Anybody have it out of the King James Version? Would like to read it. Now, the New International Version says, For you were bought with a high price. You were bought with a high price. So don't be enslaved by the world. And in chapter 6 in 1 Corinthians, it's verse 20 something. 20, is it 20? Read that to somebody out of the King James. Anybody? And the New International Version there says, For you were bought with a high price. So you must honor, honor God with your bodies. For you were bought with a high price. Kevin, you were bought with a high price. Trish, you were bought with the highest of prices. Brother Bill, your sins were paid for with a high price. They have been paid for. They're not yours anymore. Hannah, you have been bought. You have been bought with a high price. Each one of us needs to put our name in there. I have been bought with a high price. So I must honor God with my body. And then 7 and 23 says, For you were bought with a high price, so don't be enslaved by the world. We were bought with a high price. And we need to get this understanding in our hearts so that we may come boldly before the throne of God. So that we know without a shadow of a doubt that yeah, I messed up, but even though I messed up, God still loves me. And because he loves me, it has given me the ability to love others. And because he has saved me, it has given me the ability to go out and preach the gospel to others. And because he has healed me, that same power, that same Holy Spirit that healed me, that raised Jesus from the dead, it lives in me. It has enabled me to go out and heal the sick. It has enabled me by the power of the Holy Spirit to go out and go and go 
and go and go. To make the blind able to see, the deaf to hear, the lame to walk, cast out demons, get people saved, baptize them with water, baptize them with the Holy Spirit. That's what Jesus has done. He has enabled us through his Holy Spirit. The same Holy Spirit that raised our salvation from the dead lives and dwells inside of us and has equipped us, not because we did deserve it, but because of what Jesus has done, he has made us deserving. And it is time, it is time for us to get about the Father's business. He didn't just do what he done for me so I can say, well, whew, thank you, Lord, I'm saved, I'm going to heaven. Now I'm going to go do what I want to do. You know, the rest of the world, y'all, you know, that, it's up to y'all. I'm just going to go do what I want to do because I know I'm saved. No. You are saved. Therefore, you should go out and try to save others. And what I mean by try is you present the gospel. You present the love of Jesus. You show the love of Jesus to others, not by just saying Jesus loves you, but sweeping up behind somebody by, by, by whatever it is. If, if you see somebody at Walmart, all them, them guys out there, some of them older men in their 80s trying to collect them buggies, Go help them get the buggies up. I mean, it ain't it ain't got to be the big stuff. It ain't got to be standing behind the pulpit and, and spitting all over everybody. It's just the little things. It's the little things that just says, you know, well, if that's Jesus, I want more of it. But why don't we do it now? Why? What's holding us back? What has held us back from doing what God has called us to do. He's brought us where we're at right now to take us where he wants us to go. There's no better time than now. We have no better opportunity than now. The, the, the bell's been rung. It's time. It is time. Go to, go to Romans 8, 31 and 39 or 31 through 39, Romans chapter 8, verse 31. Everybody there yet? It says, what then... Shall we say to these things, if God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with himself also freely give us all things? Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died, yes, who is risen, who is also at the right hand of God, who also intercedes for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword, as it is written, for your sake we are all killed all day long. 
we are all counted sheep for the slaughter. No, in all things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, neither angels nor principalities nor powers, neither things present nor things to come, neither height nor depth, nor any other credited thing shall come be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. He said he's fully persuaded. He has no doubt that death nor life, angels, principalities, powers, things present or things to come, height or depth or any created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. There is nothing, 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 nothing that can separate us from the love of God. Nothing. Now, if we know this, where is our boldness? If we know this, where is our assuredness that I'm fixing to lay hands on this man that hadn't been able to hear in 10 years? When I put my hands on him, God's going to open his ears. I mean, it's, it's time. I mean, we're going to a place, you can call it transition, you can call it what you want to, but, but, but we're, we're heading in a place that we're going to get whatever teaching we need, whatever training we need, and we're going to go out, and we're going to demonstrate what we're being taught, what we've been trained. We're going to go out, and we're going to lay hands on the sick. We're going to go out, and we're going to feed the poor. We're going to go out, and we're going to do whatever it is that God has called us to do, but we're going to do it not because of us, but because of what has God has done for us and what God wants to do through us. It's going to take us to usher in the second coming of Jesus, and Lord have mercy, I'm ready. I'm ready to see Jesus. I'm ready. And we've got to get out and tell the good news. And it's just not, it's, and listen, I know, I know a lot of you. I know Brother Bill, he'll, he'll lay hands on you right there in Walmart. So it's not like we're not already doing it, but are we just, is it, is it the first thing on our minds all the time? Why, why is it not? It should be. I'm talking to myself too. It should be. I'm going to get up. I'm going to, Father, if, if I'm supposed to, if you, if you bring somebody that needs healing today, I'm your man. If you need somebody that needs to hear the gospel, that needs to hear the message of salvation, I'm your man. If you need somebody that just, just somebody's down, they're depressed, they need a demon cast out today, I am your man. Because I know that you would do the same thing and have done the same thing for me. If not by grace, if not by grace, where would any of us be? If not by, and a grace ain't just a get out of jail free card. Now that ain't what it is. But thank God for grace. Thank God for his mercy. That's new every day. We have so much to be so thankful for. And the best way we can be thankful and show how thankful we are and show how much we honor him is to do what he's done for us to somebody else. To go to Romans 
chapter 8 and verse 14. And this will be my last verse right here. And we'll try to we'll go ahead and wind down. Romans 8 and 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you have not received the spirit of slavery, again, to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirits that we are the children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified with him. If we're heirs of God, we're joint heirs with Jesus. It says, for we have not received the spirit of slavery again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry, Abba, Father, or Father, Father, or Daddy, Daddy. Make it personal. Make it personal. Daddy, Daddy, Daddy. We cry, Daddy, Daddy. He hadn't given us the spirit of slavery again to fear, but we have received the spirit of adoption. I was talking to Michelle and, and talking to Daddy yesterday. I don't, some of you may know, some of you may not know that my biological grandfather, my daddy's biological father, last name is, is Roe. It's not Spearman. Cecil Spearman is my daddy's adopted father and my adopted grandfather. But, you know, I know what adoption is. It's easy for me to receive this spirit of adoption from God because of my daddy's daddy and because of my granddaddy. I talked to him about it. I, I always knew in my spirit, you know, you look at pictures, you know, of granddaddy Cecil, you know, you see his picture when he was in the service. Uh, we got an uncle Johnny see his picture when he is in the service and then you see daddy's picture when he is in the service and I just sit there and look at him and I think well you know daddy and daddy and Johnny favor and Johnny and Papa favor but daddy and Papa they just don't favor and you know nothing was ever said nothing ever led on you know there'd be just something in here that Something's up, you know, something, there's something there, but my grandfather, my adopted grandfather, Cecil Spearman, and I, I don't even, I don't even consider him being my adopted grandfather because he has never made me feel adopted. I, I was talking to Daddy about it yesterday and a couple of days ago, and he said, he said he has never, never once had he felt lesser than than the other siblings, him being the only adopted one. He said all of my daddy's brothers and sisters, 
they never have made me feel lesser than, you know, being a true biological son of Cecil Spearman. Even though I'm his adopted son, they never made any light. And nothing was ever, you know, un until I was about 20 or 22 years old, the words never come out, your daddy was adopted. I mean, that is the length that Cecil Spearman, my grandfather, went to keep us from knowing that we was adopted because he didn't want anything to come between us and him. He wanted us to feel just like we were his children. And we were. But he did not want anything to come between me loving him and him loving me. And I don't know if he said, look, I'll kill you if you open your mouth. I'll, you know, this ain't going to be nothing talked about. But any time anything was done at their house, he, he, had, he had another son and had two son-in-laws. Uh, no, y'all just don't worry about that. I'll wait till Timmy and the boys get up here. And Timmy and the boys was daddy, me, and my brother, Corey. You know, you, he had his, uh, his biological, no, nah, no, nah, just don't mess with that. I'll wait till Timmy gets up here. Or my grandmother's name was Mary Evelyn. Mary Evelyn, call Timmy and the boys. We need to do so and so. It was that man loved me just like his own. He loved my daddy just like his own. Done things for my daddy and, and been places with my daddy that he hadn't even done for his own kids, his biological kids. So I know this concept of adoption on a level down here on earth. So it, I don't have a problem knowing that even though at first I was not a Jew, I was a Gentile, but now I am a Jew because I have been grafted in, just cut away and grafted in to the Father. Cut away and grafted in. Just that is the length that he has went for us that we would never have to be apart from him, apart from his love, that we would never have to suffer. Not to say that things are going to come our ways, but it's not forever. That's why, you know, the Bible says you go through the valley. You don't stay there. You go through it. It's because of his great love, because of his great grace, his great mercy, his great sacrifice that he done once and for all that took care of everything that we did in the past and the things that we're going to do in the future that, that we're not even privy to that he's already said, well, I know they're going to do this, but I've already taken care of it because of what my son did for him on the cross. It's already taken care of. It is already taken care of. So we need to challenge ourselves, and I put myself at the top of the list. How bold are we going to be for Christ when we walk out of here today? How bold are we going to be when we get up in the morning and go to our jobs? I mean, that, if you want to know the truth about it, that's where people are supposed to be getting saved. It's really not, you know, this gathering here, this is for the believers. This is to come and worship and praise God with one another and encourage one another and lift up one another. But when you go to Bill's Trailer Repair, that's supposed to be where you're supposed to be getting people saved. When you go to the school, that's where you're supposed to be shining your light so, you can, so people can see Jesus through you. When I go 
to these houses. I get invited in to people's houses every day. And that love of God, you know, I ain't much to look at, but the God inside me is. Jesus Christ, my Savior, my brother, my joint heir with God, my joint heir, he, he's something now. And let me tell you about him. I get that opportunity every day. Every day. And it, it's a privilege. And I say, Lord, forgive me when I miss it. Help me to be more conscious of the, the situations. Help me to be more aware of the opportunities that you lay before me every day. And people, if you pray for it, if you ask him to bring you those opportunities, if you ask him, Lord, make me available, I want to make myself available to you, it's, it's, it's coming. So don't, don't get the, the lockjaw when it comes. Let me tell you what Lord has done for me. Let me tell you about the relationship I have with my Jesus, my brother, with my friend, with my Savior. Let me tell you what the Lord has done for me. Don't, don't be shy anymore. Don't be, don't be backstepping. Don't be the first thing when somebody says, man, my hip hurt. Well, come here, brother. Let me, let me pray for you. Well, have you been to the doctor? What did the doctor say? How long did they give you? How long do they say it's going to take to heal? What kind of medicine? Brother, and I ain't, I ain't putting doctors down. Thank God for them. <laughs> we need doctors. <laughs> Thank you, Lord, for doctors. <laughs> Is there any doctors in the house today? <laughs> Thank you, Lord, for the doctors. Well, you know, think about that, too. I mean, uh, the devil didn't give man ability to, and the knowledge to, to, to better people's lives. So where'd that come from? There ain't no shame in going to the doctor, but there ain't no shame in getting healed on the spot neither. I guarantee you, if he'll tell the truth, whenever the opportunity arises, he'll prophesy right there in his office. He'll lay hands on people in his office. I know he does. So that's, that's, that's a doctor of medicine doing that. So they, they must be something better than medicine out there if you got a man that's done been to school all these years and you know so folks it ain't it ain't hard it's just a decision it's just we were paid for with a high price a very very high price not just the second or the third but the very best that God has to offer he give for each one of us on an individual level. And when we make him more personal and we make it more intentional that we're going to be more personal with him, then, then being more kingdom-minded, it's just, it's just that's, that's going to come with it. Because it's just, you know, I, I just relate my marriage with, with Michelle. You know, there's, there's things I've done when, we, when I got married that I don't do now. But it's not because it was wrong, but it kept me from spending time with her. And I knew that, that, you know, the more time I spent with her, you know, the more she liked it. Because we just, we were one. That's the way it should be. And 
You know, there's, there's nothing wrong with going hunting. There's nothing wrong with going fishing. There's nothing wrong, there's nothing wrong with that stuff. But when it takes away from, from what's important, then that's when it gets to be a problem. And sometimes it did. You know, I would, I mean, that's the way I was raised. I mean, if it was wintertime, I was putting meat in the freezer. You know, listen here, woman, I ain't got time for that. I'm, I'm, I'm putting food in the, on the table, you know. But well, why can't you spend more time with me? Well, come on, why don't you come go with me? I don't want to go in the woods, you know. So anyway, but, but in order for me to have a better relationship with my wife, which was the reason I got married in the first place, because I loved her and I wanted to spend my life with her, some of the things that I did, even though they weren't bad things, they weren't important. I had to lay them aside so I could have more time to spend with her. And some of the things that we do that we think are so important keep us away from doing what God's called us to do. It's not that they're bad things, but if it gets in the way of you spending time with God, then it becomes an idol. And the first commandment says, there shall have no other God before me. So whether it be cars, whether it be boats, whether it be horses, whether it be dogs, whether it be, uh, you know, you'd rather spend more time out there in your flower beds than, you know, spend more time making up, your, you know, making your house pretty. I mean, anything that comes that, that, that keeps you from spending time with God is an idol. So seek ye first the kingdom of God. And remember, remember that he has paid for us with a high price. He has bought us with a high price. Each one of us individually has been bought with a high price. And we need to recognize this and to just have a more of a boldness about us to know that this Jesus that saved me, he gave everything he had for me. And he's up there right now, seated at the right hand of God, interceding for me, and I know he's got my back. I'm fixing to go in here and deliver these demons out of these people. In the name of Jesus, he's got me. He's got me. These people right here, they, they doctors giving them lost all hope. They give them six months to live. Well, by the power invested in me through the Holy Spirit, we're fixing to go in here and we're fixing to raise this dead. And, and not take no for an answer. And, and, and the ones that my shadow touched that are feeling bad, because of the Holy Spirit's in me, when my shadow touches them, they're going to get healed too. And I'm not putting myself on a pedestal. I'm putting Jesus on a pedestal. I can't do it. I know I can't do it. But the one that lives in me, the Holy Spirit that's in me, he can do it. And he will do it. But we have got to make ourselves available on the job. 24-7. The word says the spirit never sleeps or slumbers. And that's the world we're supposed to be living in. So, bless you. Let's be more intentional. More intentional about what God has called us to do as individuals and as a body. More intentional. To be more intentional in not just having communion once every six months, but every day. This do in remembrance of him. This is what he's done for me, so how can I not go 
and help my brother Barry when he's in need? How can I not go and help this man that's living under the bridge? How can we not do this when so much has already been done for us? How can we hold it back? So I pray that you got something out of this. I pray that it's blessed you. I, I hope it's made you think, and I just bless you. Brother Langston, you want to come up and close it out? Thank you, Brother Casey. It was an exciting word, and I hope that it encourages us as we begin to step out this door is to, to be intentional. Um, I had a friend call me last week, uh, uh, Pastor Hank over at o Oasis, and he told me, he said, at the bookstore on Sunday nights, he's actually starting a school of the supernatural to teach people how to, to be intentional. And uh, I told him, I said, well, we look at the word already, and the word has already told us that we have certain things that God has put in us, just being his children. I said, but it becomes more than just having the knowledge. So you want to be intentional. There's one of the key things I've learned is that you can sit there and read the Bible all day, but if you don't get up and go out and do something, then that's the problem. A lot of us know that we're walking in the supernatural, but a lot of us have never tried to do it. And that's one of the things that, that he does with his, his teaching. He's, he spends most of his time during the teaching with the videotapes, but he also spends some time where they go out and they do treasure hunts and they kind of go out to just get people used to being supernatural. Well, it's taking the next step. And one of the things that I encourage you to understand today is that you accept the fact that you're saved, that God has given something, but when you walk out that door, I want you to be intentional during this week, today, Whatever you see, the next person, be supernatural and intentional at what you do. It's about embracing it. It's more than just receiving it and say, yeah, okay, I'm saved. But when you take that thing now and you say, but because I'm saved now, I have authority wherever I go. So when you begin to see the sick, the lost, the confused, it is okay. The boldness to, to, to step in to pray it was encouraging. Thank you very, very much, Brother Casey. So, Father, I want to pray a, a blessing over you guys. But before that, I also want to let you know that we have a guest speaker coming next week. He's, he's my prophetic dad in, in the realm. Prophet Norman Spencer will actually be coming to the area. And he's got some exciting things. I mean, Casey has talked to him several times this week. And, I mean, he just overwhelms you because he's almost 80 years old, but his mind is so powerful with understanding and having the wisdom of the kingdom of God. But he will also push you into those realms. You know, he being also a seer is able to see these things, and it'll be neat having him here. So, you know, tell your friends, tell your, your family, tell anybody who's looking only for the word, but who's ready to receive the word and to go. One of the things that we also have to do is we have to stir up our morale about that thing. When we hear the things of God, a, a, a somebody who does not have the morale, somebody who walks around and says, yeah, I heard it, but I don't believe it, you know, and that's one of my frustrating things is when I can tell somebody you're healed and they walk away and they still are like that and you still see this thing still on them and I'm trying to release that thing. We have to stir the faith in one another by encouraging the morale even if we don't see it. Morale says that this is where I is, where I, where I was, but this is where I am now. They can begin to see the difference and let that thing become encouraging in everything that we do. So, Father, I ask you to touch this congregation, these people, this people group. These are your children who have been equipped and walk in the same authority. 
Father, we love you because of what you're doing. Father, I accept the fact that we have been seated in high places and we have a place in the throne room, even with our big brother Jesus, who sits there and prays for us now. But also, there is a release right now while we're on earth this day to go out and to take this land and to be the reflection of the kingdom of God, to be the heirs of heaven even now, today, right now, after we walk out, while we're getting in the car, driving in the road, we are supernatural represent representatives. We are, we, we are ambassadors of the kingdom that, that will be sent out today to do everything that he's called us to do. And in ourselves, we look into a, a mirror, and we don't see that, but it's there. Speak those things that you read in the Word, because every part of that Word is true. I release you this day. I release you in power, authority, joy, peace, comfort, prosperity. Prosperity as we become kingdom demonstrators this week, this day, in Jesus' name, amen. If anyone feels like they need to, to have a word or needs to come up for prayer, we will be available to, to, to pray for you. Um, I'm going to ask Michelle Inez to come up, uh, you know, and, and Brother Casey, and we will speak a word if, if you desire to hear something from the kingdom. God gives us a word every day, all the time, 24 hours a day. He is available. In Jesus' name, amen.